Welcome to How to Stop Wanting Him Back, a podcast on not just getting over your ex, but into yourself. I'm Claire, the Heartbreak Coach. Let's make what feels impossible possible. Hello, my loves. We are at episode 78, setting the bar too low. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that many of you listening are nodding your heads going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, definitely have set the bar too low. I'm nodding my head with you. (laughs) And I think there are some of you who are probably listening thinking you're not setting the bar too low. This came up for a client recently. She fell fast and furiously for this guy. And it was the first guy she, mm, that's actually not true. It was the second guy she fell for after a 12-year relationship she got out of. She came to me to officially close that door on her 12-year relationship with an emotionally unavailable guy and really wanted to date herself, which she did so beautifully and was killing it in her career and really enjoying being on her own. She was ready to go. And in walks Mr. Dreamy, who she felt was the cool guy in high school who never would have looked her way. We had to strip him of that title right away in our coaching work. They dated for quite some time. He, you know, consistently showed up. But one thing that was becoming abundantly clear was that she couldn't really get a read on his interest. He was available when she asked him. When she brought up the exclusivity conversation, he said, well, yeah, sure. He kind of went along with things, but didn't instigate things. And it was bothering her. At first, we managed her mind around it. But as time was going on, I encouraged her to have these vulnerable conversations with him. I even encouraged her to have the vulnerable conversation about exclusivity if that's what she wanted because they'd been dating long enough and she was doing the whole, well, I assume we are, but as I always say, assume is making an ass out of you and me. Obviously, I didn't make that one up. I stole it from someone, (laughs) but she really needed to step up and say what she needed and what she was looking for. And what she wanted to know was, where is he at? Is he happy in this relationship? I'm sure many of you who are listening are familiar with the five love languages. There's quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, like cooking for each other, cleaning after them, maybe warming the car in the dead of winter, and gifts. And it was becoming very clear to me and to her that words of affirmation were important. She really didn't have that in her last relationship. And she said to me, you know, I don't need someone to be mushy-gushy with me all day long, but I actually really don't know what his feelings are about me. We get along. We have great chemistry. He said that we're exclusive. He meets me whenever I say, hey, are you available? And they kind of were in this routine of seeing each other on particular days every week. And so she ends up having that hard conversation and he shuts down even more emotionally, making it abundantly clear to her this guy is not her guy. And it got me thinking, you know, how did you think that you were falling in love with this person who ultimately never really expressed much affection for you emotionally? I ended up having a big laugh at her expense. She laughed with me, kind of. Now she's really laughing at me or laughing with me. (laughs) 
But what she said was, you know, he used to do these really sweet things. Like, here's an example. We'd be watching a movie. He'd go upstairs to make tea. And so that I wasn't bored while he was up making tea, he would switch the movie to one of my favorite shows so that I'd be entertained. That was her first example of why she was in love with him. And I immediately said, that's a really shitty reason to be in love with someone. (laughs) Now, I'm sure many of you listening are going, damn, Claire, that's harsh. That's such a sweet gesture. Yes, it is such a sweet gesture. It's also not enough of a good reason to be in love with someone who wasn't showing up for you emotionally, who never instigated plans, and who really just wasn't meeting your needs, but you were telling yourself that he was because he was so much better than the last guy that she was with who gave her nothing. And every time she tried to leave that relationship, that guy would suck her back in and he would tell her he would be better. And then she would ask for her needs to be met and then he would shut them down. So this guy seemed like such a big step up. This happened with me so many times. I set the bar way too low with someone who I thought was so amazing because he was such a huge improvement on the last guy that I was with. And if you haven't listened to my heartbreak story, episode five, we'll link that up in the show notes. Someone being better than that guy really isn't saying much. So my bar was set really low. I've talked about the guy who broke my heart three years ago, who really was the person who inspired me to go all in on not just being a general life coach for women. I was at that point when he broke my heart, but to go all in on the niche of being a heartbreak coach because he was a quote unquote, nice guy, decent guy, Ivy leaguer from a nice family who he made it abundantly clear that they would never approve of me because I wasn't the same religion. And even he scoffed at me being, you know, personal assistant and a life coach. He made it very clear that I wouldn't be good enough, which shocker, like attracts like. So I had thoughts about my own self of not being good enough. Even yes, three years ago when I was still a life coach coaching other people, these insecurities were coming up. So remember, life coaches are still humans. And even though I've come light years from that time and now have attracted the partner of my dreams, I still have insecurities. I'm really transparent with you guys about that all the time, especially as I grow in so many different ways and I continue to coach with my coaches and set higher goals, insecurities are going to come up. But the difference is I catch them and I manage my mind around them over and over and over again. But I wasn't as savvy back then. So I really believed, oh, this guy blows all of the dudes who I've dated in the past out of the water. So I'm just going to keep signing up for him when now looking back, I'm like, that guy was totally dismissive, avoidant attachment behavior. I can put a link to what that exactly means because I don't want to digress on this setting the bar too low topic, but he was a nice guy. He wasn't a narcissistic sociopath, but he kept doing this push-pull song and dance with me that really triggered up my anxious attachment behavior. I actually should do an episode on attachment styles because we all have different attachment styles, but Funny enough, my partner now, I totally think he has a secure attachment style. He's very confident in who he is in all of the many hats that he wears in his life. And I told him that I said, you know, you have secure attach a secure attachment style. And he's like, well, so do you. And I was like, I fully admit I've always had an anxious attachment style and always attracted partners who really triggered my insecurities that would yield me a lot of anxiety and not the greatest behavior either. But because of all the work that I've done on myself, I've now moved into a much more secure attachment style. 
And this relationship with him couldn't work if I was anxious attachment because he's got a very full life and I've got a very full life. So yes, we live in the same place, but we don't always see each other a hundred percent of the time. And so me having managed my mind to become more secure has been imperative for this relationship to work, but that work had to happen before he arrived. And part of that work was recognizing, whoa, I really set the bar way too low. I have a funny example with the guy who broke my heart three years ago, who very much was dismissive, avoidant attachment. He would want his space and I would give him his space. And then he'd like be calling me on the night that I'm giving him space. And I'm like, I thought you wanted space. And he's like, but when you give me space, baby, I just want you more. I'm like, that's fucked up. But I will never forget how one day when I showed up, he told me that he got me almond milk coffee, almond milk for my coffee. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. This guy got me not done like over. I meant I'm like sold because this guy thought to order me a fucking carton of almond milk, probably from Amazon that doesn't need to be refrigerated for my freaking coffee. Like really? That was why I thought he was so amazing. That was one of the reasons why I thought he was so amazing. And he was reliable and he was honest. And even though he did this push-pull behavior, I didn't think he was cheating on me, right? And so because of those things, I held on to him thinking, ooh, I'm really falling hard for this guy. And I I remember even writing a blog about it and mentioning, and he like got me almond milk for my coffee. Fuck that. The almond milk does not matter if he can't even tell you the next time that he's available to see you and you're in an exclusive relationship. Now, I know your partner might have a different work schedule or it's ever changing. And so sometimes he or she can't. But I just mean, for the most part, you're guessing like if you're going to be a priority for your partner to see you. That guy from three years ago, he lived 10 minutes away from me. Then my boyfriend now, when we first started dating, he lived two and a half hours away from me. And I was so much more sure of his level of interest, even when we weren't officially boyfriend, girlfriend. You should never have to guess the person, especially when you're in this exclusive relationship, their level of interest or the next time if and or when you're going to see them, which was happening for this client who was so smitten by this guy who was willing to switch TV channels for her while he went to make her tea, but he couldn't have an honest conversation with her about his feelings for her, despite the fact that they had been consistently seeing each other for like four months. It's bullshit, but it's amazing the things that we hold on to, these sweet little gestures as being reasons to, you know, well, really lock this guy down. Don't let this guy slip through your fingers just because he opened the freaking door for you. So I'm going to offer you the qualities that most of my clients find to be really important in seeking out their ideal person. Now, don't get me wrong. Those gestures like getting the almond milk for my coffee, very sweet. And yes, changing the channel so that you're entertained while he goes makes tea. Great. But they are not the fundamental core values of what you are looking for in a lifetime partner. Like, I know that my boyfriend would never think to switch to a different channel for me if he was going to make me something. He would just be like, she can do it on her own. But he's totally emotionally available and present, and I don't need that extra thing. He does his own lovely extra things. He 
makes me all the meals because I'm I'm not that domestic, even though he actually called me a domestic goddess the other day <laughs> because I've come light years from day one to now almost a year later. <laughs> I try to contribute and clean and I'm learning a few cooking skills, but... Uh, yeah, no, for the most part, he has his own acts of service, but even the cooking for me, all of those things are just added bonuses, but the most important qualities that are going to sustain our relationship for a lifetime. And that's our commitment to each other are as follows. He is emotionally intelligent. He can talk about his feelings. He can give me the space to be vulnerable with him about my feelings, whether they're about him or about my business or other areas of my life. And he's willing to be vulnerable with me about his emotions and his insecurities and what's going on with him. We're supportive of each other's careers. Obviously, you guys know how obsessed I am with my own business and my own passions And it's really important for me to be with someone who's very ambitious in his own right. This is not the same as me saying he needs to be making a lot of money. I actually changed my whole no dating starting artists rule. I had that rule for a long time because all of them who I dated were narcissists. Well, not all of them were narcissistic sociopaths, but a lot of them were like, I can't, you know, give you the life that you need. And they would like back out in that way. And I just didn't appreciate that. But then I recognized I'm like, I have a lot of friends in amazing relationships with their partners who are artists and they make it work. So Before I called my current partner into my life, I decided, well, at the time I was living in LA, I just want someone to be totally all in on whatever it is that he is pursuing and that he's smart about it. And he isn't a bitter, angry chip on his shoulder artist that he's like chasing after it and going after it because I don't need a man to give me money ever. I just really believe your money results are from your brain and creating that. And so I often coach my clients pretty hard when they're saying, well, no, my man needs to be making X amount of money because I want to get pregnant and we need to have this money aside so that I can stay home with the kid. It's like, no, you could actually financially plan and figure out a different way, right? If this person is your person and he's emotionally available and he's honest and he's loyal and he's emotionally intelligent and he's supportive and he's committed and he wants a lifelong partnership with you and he wants to start a family with you and he's willing to figure out how to financially support that baby. If he's all the things, oh, but he doesn't make X amount of money. Are you going to write that person off? And I think, you know, it's easy to be pickier when you're younger, but then as I grew, especially through my thirties and I was dating a lot of people at the end of the day, I really realized like, what is really important? I just want to share an amazing, simple life. And I love fancy things. I love fancy dinners. I like nice clothes. I like having my fake hair. I like Botoxing my forehead and my fake lashes. Yes. I'm just going to own all of it. But if I want those things, then it's up to me to create the income to make that happen. Or when I've been in the starving artist mode, okay, then I don't get those things and I get to manage my mind around it and not have a whole pity party about it and make myself a victim about it. I am responsible for the results I want in my life, including attracting an emotionally available man. Another very important quality to me is physical connection, physical attraction. Now, that is very different than saying he needs to be this height and have this coloring. Now, I am going to be honest. I very much... I'm a tall woman and I like to wear my heels. So height is pretty important, but 
a year before I met the love of my life, I totally dated an emotionally unavailable guy and he totally lied about his height. And I adjusted my brain to be like, can I get past this? Because he was much shorter than A, what he said and B, what I was normally into. But I loved his personality and I was, I let the attraction build. So any of you who are listening who are like, he needs to look like this. I would encourage you to stay open. What really, really matters at the end of the day for a lifelong partnership, physical attraction can grow. Now, I immediately was just like tongue hanging out of my mouth. As soon as I saw my now boyfriend on our first date, I was like, ah, but that didn't always happen for me. The guy I dated three years ago, I was like, hmm, there's something intriguing about him, but he was a little bit nerdier than what I liked, but I liked his personality. I was open to getting to know him to see if the attraction could grow. But at the end of the day, if that attraction didn't grow, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it was automatically there as it was with my boyfriend now, but I was open to that. But ultimately, if I stayed open, but I just couldn't get myself there with the attraction, then I would have to let that go because that physical connection is everything to me. It might not be to you. I'm just offering what majority of my clients find are the most important qualities and what I have found are the most important qualities. And I think that that pretty much sums it up. Honesty, loyalty, commitment, wanting the same things in life, future plans where, you know, talking about where you want to be in your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, and not that that can't change. Right. But like really being on the same page about the quality of life that you want. I always thought I was going to be living in New York or LA because I always thought that I was going to be an actress. Santa Barbara is literally the most beautiful place. I am so sold on it, but it's a lot smaller than what I'm used to. So how do I keep the excitement alive? Well, I know for me, I'm definitely going to be wanting to travel more and really committing to managing my mind around the smallness and maybe have a place in LA to hop down for city life because I do find that I'm probably a city girl at heart, even though this has been such a nice change. But I think about, ooh, 10 years down the road, is this going to feel really small and suffocating? But okay, well, what are my options? Well, we want to travel a lot and see more of the world post-COVID. Pray God it's going to happen sooner. But really getting clear on the fundamental desires. Are you guys on the same page? Do you want the same things? And are you going to find that all out in a first date? No, but that you can slowly but surely get to know these fundamental things about this other person. And then those little gestures like almond milk in the coffee or switching the channel or picking up takeout or cooking for you are just, that is so sweet, but it's not the fundamental reason why I want to spend the rest of my life with you. So as you're listening especially those of you who tuned into the podcast called How to Stop Wanting Him Back and you're finding yourself super dissatisfied or you're finding yourself pining for a guy who is not available because he told you he doesn't want to be with you or sometimes you hear from him, sometimes you don't and you just jump at the chance every single time he reaches out. Ask yourself, why do you think he's so great? Many times what I hear is nobody has made me feel the way that he makes me feel. I just feel fucking lit up. 
in my vagina and in my heart. And just, I just get this feeling when I'm around him, you get this feeling when you're around him because you have thoughts about him. You have a thought that says, nobody does it for me like he does. And maybe you're 22 and you're with someone for the first time. You're like, no, really nobody has ever done this for me like he does, but it is still a thought. Maybe, maybe there is someone out there who totally can light up your vag. You're welcome for the visual who also wants to stay in on Friday nights and do sushi takeout and split a bottle of wine and go to bed with you at 10 p.m. and wake up the next morning and go to yoga with you and just have a chill day versus someone who sometimes wants to hang out with you, sometimes go out with you, maybe, you know, a 10 p.m. last minute drink so that then he can go home and sleep with you and then wake up the next morning and you're wondering, like, what are we? What happened? Does he like me now? Does he want more now? you know the difference. And I know I just painted two very extreme examples, but really getting clear on if the result that I want is someone to be loyal, honest, committed, we have great chemistry. He's ambitious in his own right. And he supports my ambition in my own right. And for some of you, that might not matter. I'm just offering that up. A lot of my clients really feel the same. And I think a lot of my clients are very ambitious women. And I'm not saying that that's better or worse. It just tends to be who I attract. And so it is important to many of my clients that they're with partners who are stimulated in their own lives and contribute some interesting stuff to the relationship that isn't just about their own careers and who have other hobbies and passions that they bring to it. I know My boyfriend never really understood what life coaching was and didn't have any appreciation for it until now. By no means is he looking for a life coach, (laughs) but he has a great appreciation for it and is so interested and believes in me and believes in this empire that I'm creating. And I know that it's one of the things that he loves about me because I created this whole thing from nothing. And he's super impressed by that. And I feel the same about him. He's a lawyer. He's super brilliant. And sometimes I hear him on the phone talking about cases and I'm like, oh my God, he's so brilliant. And he shares information about really cool cases that he's working on. And I just find it fascinating. And I'm so impressed by that. So it's just something that's a super attractive quality. But again, it could have been the same for someone who's an actor who might not be killing it, but he's getting in the rooms and he's booked a lot of jobs and he's really passionate about it and he's constantly working on his craft and he's positive about it and doesn't have this chip on his shoulder and he's just like in it and committed and doing it in the same way that I was in it and committed and doing it to building this business to where it is. Just something that's super important to me. And some of you, the money thing might be really important to you and that is okay. I just want you to own that and get really clean on your reasoning around it. Why is him bringing in the money important for you? What is stopping you from creating that result? And many of my clients, so many of you listening might be thinking, oh, well, I just think it's like super sexy that he's powerful and he's smart and he's bringing home the bacon and I'm traditional in that way. Okay. But again, I would ask you at the end of the day, if he's emotionally available, emotionally intelligent, shows up, is reliable, you never have to guess where he is. The chemistry is off the charts. He wants the same things that you want, but maybe he doesn't switch the channel when he's making tea for you right? Like those are the more, I I truly believe, and these are my own thoughts. Those are the way more important qualities to focus on. And can you manage your mind? Oh, and another big trend that my clients love is he needs to work out all the time. He needs to be super fit. Why? 
I, of course, think about my partner's health and I want him to be super healthy for the rest of our lives. And I want us to live a really long life together. And so I ordered us, a, I, I love how I say I ordered us a Peloton. I just got him a Peloton for his birthday coming up. But I understand wanting your partner to be healthy and for you to be healthy, but projecting onto him that he needs to be fit and working out just because you are, again, at the end of the day, I just had a client recently say, well, he kind of has a belly, but everything is amazing and it's off the charts. It's like, he's allowed to have his belly. Manage your mind around it. At the end of the day, if everything is so amazing, just notice how picky you're being and then also notice how you're setting the bar way too low because of really, in my brain, it's a thought of silly little gestures that blow your mind because the last guy didn't even do that. Remember, my loves, you are the most worthy and deserving of the highest quality partner who wants to show up in spades in the way you want to show up in spades. And the way that you call that person in is that you don't just settle just because he does a handful of really nice surface things for you. Life is hard. Life is hopefully long for all of us. God willing with our health. That's my Irish mother (laughs) speaking through me every time I talk about a big plan down the road. She's like, well, please be to God. We're all alive and well. But it's true. If we're lucky enough to live these long lives and to share our life so intimately with a partner, you are worthy and deserving of setting your bar so fucking high with someone who's going to rise to the occasion and meet your emotional needs. But first, of course, while you're meeting your emotional needs, I know my partner wouldn't have come in to meet my emotional needs if I wasn't meeting my own emotional needs first. He's just the gravy, really and truly. He couldn't have arrived if I wasn't doing the work on me, if I wasn't setting my standards high, if I wasn't deciding who I wanted to attract into my life and the woman that I needed to become in order for him to arrive. But I am telling you guys, those gestures of him opening the door for me and making me the most lovely breakfast. And when I look at the plate, I'm just like, this breakfast was just made with love and the little cute, sweet, thoughtful finishing touches and the cocktails that he makes me. And the adoring texts that he sends, right? I mean, how many of you are like, we had a great time, but like, I barely hear from him in between, but he keeps showing up. I used to get so frustrated. I've shared this multiple times about how my boyfriend would just send me like a sun emoji when we were first dating. And I'd be like, that's all. (laughs) Now it's very much shifted. I didn't, I wouldn't say to him, that's all, but now I tease him about it. But now when I really don't care because our relationship has obviously progressed much further along and now we're in love and committed to this big relationship. But now I get just like the sweetest texts of I love you and I miss you. And they're just added bonuses because guess what? That guy that I was with three years ago, we were having our challenges and trust me, my boyfriend and I have had our challenges, but when we were having our challenges, that last guy three years ago, he was sending me the sweet texts, but he wasn't fucking showing up. And he sent me a text that was so over the top about wanting to work through all the shit. And two days later, abruptly broke up with me in the most cold, disconnected manner. So really and truly at the end of the day, if you're like, he doesn't send me sweet texts, I need more, right? But if he's showing up and he's loyal and he's honest and he's committed and you guys have great chemistry, you can also ask, hey, I would love to hear from you more if it's possible in the midst of your crazy day. 
but really getting clear on how low you're setting your bar and really getting clear on why you think the person that you're pining for who isn't available is so great. Because when you really write it down and look at the reasons, I bet your reasons just aren't good enough. It's just what I said to my client when she said the whole thing about he switched the TV channel while he made tea. I just said to her bluntly, that's a shitty reason to be in love. Those are just the added bonuses. So what does setting the bar high look like for you? I shared all the qualities that I decided were important for me, but get really clear on what the ones are for you. And again, I would encourage you if you're like, he needs to look this way and he needs to have this much money. I can't tell you what's right or wrong. I would just encourage you to clean up your reasoning behind that and decide why that's really important for you. One client even vulnerably admitted to me, you know, I care about what others think. And I totally get that. I dated someone who he just was a little bit interesting looking and I knew that other people would think that and I felt a little bit insecure about it. And it feels vulnerable for me to say that, but I knew people were going to have thoughts and I just owned it because he was awesome and he treated me really well. And we ended up having great chemistry, ultimately wasn't my person, but I really got clear on there were other qualities that mattered more. And my attraction to him grew because of his level of intelligence and his kindness and the way he treated me. And he was so charming and he was absolutely hilarious that I was attracted to him. And that's all that mattered. So if you're caring about what other people think, I would encourage you to clean all of that up and just set your bar high for you. Nobody else. I hope all of that makes sense and is clear. If you want to dig deeper into calling in your ideal person, stay till the end of this episode. You can get information on how to apply to my six-month one-on-one coaching program. And again, stay tuned. Maybe I haven't even said it yet in this episode. I have a course coming out in November that's going to be so much more affordable and accessible to you guys teaching you exactly how to stop wanting him back through tons of videos and modules, teaching you exactly what falling in your life actually looks like and how to do it, and then teaching you exactly how to call the right person in. There's a lot of the same principles, yes, in this podcast, but it's a very clear, structured, guided map and course so that you can't not create these results that you are most worthy and deserving and capable of creating. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. Hey, love. If you're picking up what I'm throwing down and would like to deepen this work with me as your coach, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com forward slash work dash with dash me and apply for my six month one-on-one coaching program where we'll not only heal your heart, but take your entire life to the next level. I can't wait to read your application.